The Greenfield Post on Triple M. Are we live? With Will and MJ. They're awake and they're on fire. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Greenfield Post Show with Will and MJ. And MJ, another great week of sport. Oh, how good was it? There was no need to get off the couch this weekend. Not a single need, indeed. There was an excellent game of cricket that we all enjoyed. Probably our best win in a while for Australia. Just in general. Yeah, absolutely. Overseas and home. And also Winx yesterday. How good was she? What a horse that is. The mighty mare. 15 wins in a row. And did it easily. To win just a horse race 15 times in general. Is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. But to do it as regularly and as consistently as this horse that's is right. doing it. That's right. You don't like horse racing, do you? Not really. I'm, <laughs> trying, I'm trying to chip in. You're trying. <laughs> I can tell. You've caught me out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be an expert. No, nah, leave the horse racing to me. Yeah. I absolutely loved Winks yesterday. Um, her odds went out to about $1.20 before the race. because they. Oh, thought, really? Because the ground was a bit wet. I heard it was sloppy up yeah. in Sydney. And she just skimmed over it. Easily, yeah, and um, it didn't have any effect, so it was great to see her run. And she'll be going for 16 wins soon, of course, she will. Absolute mm. champion, that is. And on the show today, we've mm. got Phil Kogan from the US Amazing Race. That's right, not the Australian Amazing Race, no, the big one. This is the host of the US Amazing Race, yeah. And why is he in MJ? Uh, he's released a documentary, yeah, that's showing at Acme now, which we've both seen. And it's a sporting documentary about the first Australian team to ever compete in the Tour de France. Well, we can look forward to that, but we're talking mm. cricket next on the Greenfield Post. Stick around on Triple M. Jay, Will, what an unbelievable performance by the Australians over there in India. Overseas, the best cricket game I think I've ever seen us play. I think so. Just from where we were at heading into the series, yep. um, no one really gave us a shot. And then to wrap it up within three days. To not even win it, but to win it as comprehensively as we did was just something to behold. And I'm really just, I'm really so proud of the boys over there. Young Australian yeah. cricket team, <laughs> full of pluck. Yeah. Uh, even Renshaw did his part. <laughs> even before, Renshaw. Despite some obs- obvious obstacles. Yeah, he definitely struggled at yeah. one point. But yeah. he, even he, you know, despite having to go off for a poo, he still came back yeah, and hit 60. Right. Yeah, I know. There was just runs in every sense of the word over in Pune. <laughs> I think that was the most overused joke think, during I the test. So. I'm, glad, I'm glad we've got that out of the yeah, way early. It's out of the system. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> we've passed that through. Yeah, thank God. Okay. Here are some stats that may have been overlooked, some mm-hmm. records that were broken. Steve yep. Smith has now scored a century in five consecutive tests versus India. Wow. Having scored four against our last series in Australia. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've heard that go around a lot. Steve O'Keefe's bowling average, of course we need a Steve O'Keefe stat, mm. was five that test match. Yep. And Virat Kohli in the same test was 6.5, just quietly, for batting. Is that right? So, okay. Yeah, an interesting little uh, take out yep. of that. And Stephen O'Keefe as well. Mm. He has taken more than a third of all the wickets Warren has ever taken in India in one test. Is that right? That is correct. So Warney only ever took, what, 20, 36 Ooh, just wickets? Just 30-odd, yeah. Wow. So just There's another stat. And, and I think Steve Smith ran with one stat at the end of during the press conference at yeah. the end of the match, saying it was 4,502 days. Yep. Since Australia had beaten India on Indian soil. So I, it was just, it's I been do, an explosion in a stat factory. I do love, love a good day conversion stat. Like, we, right. like we didn't know how long 13 years was. It so. just makes it seem so much longer. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's been 20,000 days since the moon landing. But yeah, that's all right. But not everyone was impressed by Australia's performance as we were. Yeah. Um, Coley. Derek Coley. Spoke after the match. Now, I you haven't heard this audio, but no. it is something to witness because mm. I was so. Like I said, I was so full of pride in the, mm. the Australian team that they managed to pull off this incredible win and against all odds, it was a real underdog story. And then Virat Kohli's come out in his press conference and given no credit to the Aussies. Here's one of the first bits we've got. I would say this was our worst batting performance and uh, we need to accept that. We need to accept that we batted badly and we need to improve on things. 
and uh, come back stronger uh, in Bangalore. There's still a lot of cricket to go in this series, and uh, we're certainly sure of you know showing the same intent and batting much better from what we've done in Pune. So he's blamed the loss there on bad batting, yeah. which is you know in all fairness, of course they mm. they didn't bat well, but he just kept repeating that answer and over and over. Whenever someone asked, "What did the Australians do well?" Oh, not nothing necessarily. We just batted poorly, and that's not really the case. Steve O'Keefe. They had no answer for him. He took 12 wickets. He took 12 wickets. Here, here is Coley with some more on um, Australia's bowling. I would not say what they did better. I think, as I said, I mean, if you, if you don't apply yourself out there in the middle, any bowling attack can look dangerous. It's as simple as that. Even a part-timer can get four wickets if you don't apply yourself. Well, that was a crack at O'Keefe. Any part-timer can get four wickets on a pitch like that. He took 12 wickets. Then why didn't their bowlers get, get four wickets? Exactly. Oh, God, that makes my blood boil. Yeah. <laughs> Steve O'Keefe's just come over, had the best performance of his life. Yeah, and you're blaming that 12-wicket oh, It was the bad pitch. as bad batting. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not happy with it. And then finally, mm. because in the second innings, he left an arm delivery from Steve O'Keefe yeah. and it went on to hit his off stump. Yeah. And here was his explanation of how he got out. So he shouldered his arms. He shouldered his arms. And it was completely beaten by the ball. Yeah. No, it was a judgment error from my side. Um, I left the ball too early. Uh, I should have waited for the ball a little more. Um, you, you can't say which ball is going to turn or which isn't. you got to play the line and uh, I certainly didn't do that. So it was my, my fault. Of course it's your fault, yeah. mate. <laughs> Who else are you going to blame? He's trying to point the finger at everybody. Anything. You couldn't review it. He no. stood there for about 30 seconds just bewildered by it what was, happened. It was an absolute peach. It was a peach. <laughs> the ball was going on to hit the stumps and you left it. You left it, Cole. Who can you blame? Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, what a performance by our Aussies. We yeah, got it back. Absolutely. And the, my, one of my favourite things is everyone contributed. Everyone did contribute. Even Stark the, hit 60-odd yeah. and... Mm. Uh, Hazelwood and he took some early key wickets. Yep. Hanscom taking some great catches. Even the Marsh brothers were unbelievable. <laughs> you watched it, didn't you? Yeah. They weren't. They weren't great. No. <laughs> Sean got a, a duck and a, and a sixteen. Yeah, that's that's Bradman like for their standards. <laughs> <laughs> Still hit more than Coley. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Greenfield Post on Triple M. The last couple of weeks we've been doing a segment. Yeah. It's been that popular. We normally do it at the end of the show, but we've pushed, oh. we've pushed it up into prime time. It's not celebrity, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a celebrity news update. I forgot you had that. Yeah. <laughs> so well, hang on, you're giving me the update. Well, normally it's you doing the update. Usually I just quickly Google who got voted out. <laughs> what's happened? Because you've requested of me. I don't watch it. I don't, no, I don't know either. anyone on this. No, me either. Apart like, from Dane Swan. Yeah. And uh, so I'm going to do the jungle update. Oh, despite, is that I haven't right? watched any of it besides seeing a few tweets. But why have you brought it into prime time on our show? Because um, <laughs> Dane, remember last year how Warney and Fev were in the jungle? Yeah, and they gave us heaps. Yeah, yeah. With you know, just heaps of exclusives content. Yeah, exactly right. And Shane, yeah. you know, Shane Warne wouldn't stop bagging Steve War the whole time. Oh, yeah. Um, Fev was talking about his days at Brisbane and yeah. Carlton. It was captivating. It was captivating. But this year we've had Dane Swan in there, and we thought that this is going to make for some great TV with Swanee in the Jungle. Yeah. He's given us absolutely nothing. He's given us absolute donuts. So donuts. He, so he's been flat, but what are you, are you saying he's given us he's something? He's given us something. Tonight. Here we go. Finally. It's been going for, I think, three or four weeks. Yeah. Dane Swan has finally given us something of interest. <laughs> oh, you've built it. What is it? He's revealed his favourite movie. Oh. Is this really your favourite movie? It's a heartwarming tale of a pig trying to find his way in a big city. <laughs> you can't get emotional about that, mate. I won't know what... 
three long weeks where Swanee's given us nothing. He's revealed that his favourite movie You've is pulled Babe Pig in the City. This segment back from the end of the show. Yeah. This segment's done, mate. I think, I think I'm never right. hearing these monkeys again. I think you're right. We're yeah. scrapping it. I don't Scra- care who's jungle. As long as Swanee wins yeah. or Swanee gives us some exclusive about his times in Vegas with Dustin Martin, yeah. it's cooked. Sapora got kicked out. <laughs> I don't care. Tonight. I, you cannot fathom the amount of craps that I give. That was, it's absolutely yeah. none. Kate Fisher. <laughs> out. Oh, is Kate Fisher in there? Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. This is the Greenfield Post on Triple M. And Will, we both went to Acme Theatres at Federation Square there during the week to see a brilliant new documentary, and it's a unique part of Australian history. Yeah, we did, MJ. It's called La Ride, and it stars Phil Kogan, the host of the US Amazing Race, and it touches on this story from the 1920s and this Australian team that went over to the Tour de France to partake in the most gruelling sporting adventure, I think, the world had at that point in time in history. Yeah, absolutely. It was like a, almost an elimination style tour de France where the idea was that everyone would start, but not everyone would finish. Exactly, like Battle Royal style. Yeah. Now we are joined on the line now by the film's creator and as you said, the host of The Amazing Race, Phil Kogan. Phil, thanks for joining us. Oh, no, it's, it's really good to talk to you and I appreciate you taking 90 minutes out of your life to uh, sit down in a theatre and behave yourselves. Um <laughs> I hope you didn't make any noise or disturb the neighbors yeah. around you. Uh, but no, I really do appreciate you taking 90 minutes out of your life to, to uh, experience this, this story. Uh, an amazing story about an incredible a group of amazing Australasians. One Kiwi, three Australians who went halfway around the world to ride in the toughest race I think that's out there. Now, this isn't just your average doco. Can you let everyone know the extent that you went to to bring this story from 1928 to life? I thought the only way to really communicate what it was that they went through and just how tough and tenacious these guys were was to put myself on a bike just like the bike they rode, one of these 85-year-old, well, it's now 85-year-old bicycle with no gears, marginal brakes, heavy steel bike that weighs twice, twice as much as a modern bike, and put myself on the same roads, on the same schedule, over the same mountains, and try to replicate as best I could what they went through and communicate that to the audience. Now, Phil, you have such a specific eye for detail in the, in the documentary. And you've, like you said, you got the same bike, you went through the same paths as best you could. But how frustrating was it when you came up to a road that was no longer existed or was uh, no longer the same path? Was it really just frustrating in the production process? Yeah, I mean... W- <laughs> We were so adamant about sticking to the same miles and the same roads that when we ran into these blocks, basically, where we couldn't, like, ride onto a highway, there's one point in the film where you see us following the road they were on, and it comes, it leads right onto a motorway, and you're, mm. you're not allowed to have bikes <laughs> on a motorway. And then we accidentally ended up on a motor, motorway at one point, uh, and then the police pulled us over because we, we were not meant to be on a <laughs> motorway. So, yeah, it was... It was unbelievably difficult, but um, we just felt that the only way to really communicate to the audience just how extraordinary, how extraordinary it was what these guys did was to put ourselves in the action, to put ourselves in the story. Um, out of interest, because you actually rode every kilometre um, and, you, and you stuck to the schedule as close as you possibly could given the, the factors that stopped you from doing it, but how would you have actually gone in the 1928 Tour de France? 
Oh, I would have got my, I would have got it handed to me. I mean, they, <laughs> these guys were, you know, they were the elite athletes of the day. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not. I wasn't. I never would ever compare myself to these riders. You know, every hundred years you'll get an athlete like the caliber of these guys. So no, we 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 got to the end because of grit and determination. Um, not because of our, uh, you know, elite cycling ability, that's for sure. Now, Phil, uh, people might know you as host of The Amazing Race. Do you mind sticking around and we can have a quick chat? Because I think it could be that Phil could have the best job in the world. Oh, 100%. We're chatting with Phil Kogan, who is a documentary maker, Will. Yep. And the host of The Amazing Race, which is a juggernaut of a television series that's been running since 2001. I think it's been 21 seasons now, Phil. Uh, well, how good were you uh, at school with math? <laughs> not not <laughs> very well. I was going to say, not very, apparently. Yeah, yeah your, margin, your margin of error is pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, how about 29? Oh, 29? 29, 29 seasons. That is yeah. a powerhouse. What does your passport yeah. look like now, Phil, after 29 well, seasons? I, first of all, I've got more than one, and I, and I have old ones that fill up a shoebox. Um, <laughs> so, no, I've got a lot of them. I, I always I always love having stamps, you know, but not everybody is stamping right now. Yeah. But yeah, no, I've I've uh, definitely clocked clocked up a few miles over the years. Have you worked out how many countries you've actually been to over those twenty nine seasons? Gosh, well over a hundred. Uh, I have to do an accurate count, but I'm thinking I'm close to like maybe a hundred and twenty, something like that. Gee whiz, it's such an amazing show, and it's actually a miracle that you can actually put it together because you've got so many. Uh, cars going around and production crews trying to film all this content. Was there has there been like a biggest balls up that you've seen to date where this everything went wrong? Oh, we've had plenty of balls ups. Um, <laughs> we've we've had teams that have just like literally got lost in a desert and we just can't you know like <laughs> we have no idea where they are except that we know that they're on a camel. We've had um, <laughs> yeah, we've had we've had to like delay production because teams just get so badly lost like they almost do everything that you shouldn't do to, to like if you were going to write out a plan for how to get somebody lost they actually uh they make that plan look like child's play one of the most famous clips from the amazing race in the 29 seasons is um one of the teams who are using a catapult fill and they oh, and yeah, they yeah. pull a watermelon down and it misfires oh. and she gets hit straight in the head did she die from that or was <laughs> Yeah, well, listen, no joke. I mean, afterwards, we, we sort of realized that, um, you know, there was there was always a good chance that if that watermelon had hit her a certain way, it could have really taken her head off. Um, <laughs> oh that God. was like the freakiest thing ever. She's yeah. using like this giant slingshot and cat, giant catapult, and she's she's got this leather piece around the watermelon and somehow manages to hold the watermelon and, and pull this thing back in such a way that the watermelon goes out full force and instead of releasing and firing off into the distance, it somehow turns, does a complete um, retract and comes right back and hits her fair smack in the face. And it went viral into the millions like in an instant. Oh, because it's one of the funniest videos I think I've ever seen. <laughs> thank, God, thank God she's okay. That's the yeah, I assume she's okay. Yeah, well, let's, let's start with that. Yeah. We wouldn't be laughing. Yeah. Now, you've been over 100 countries, Phil, more travel than anyone we've probably ever talked to. Any country where you'd never go again? I don't really have a desire to go back to Madagascar, and that's because <laughs> really? I, saw, I saw a dead camel at a, at a market, and I just Ooh. it just is etched in my brain, and mm. I can't get it out of my head. Um, just the head. And that was yeah. all. Oh no! Um, and the hum- but, um, were, were the humps there as well? Or? 
I know I don't know what they do with the humps. That's a good question. I did I like Black after market. I saw that I was really trying to like put my blinders on and just get through the market without looking too closely at what exactly I was looking at. We're chatting with Phil Kogan, the host of The Amazing Race and documentary maker. LaRide is currently showing at Acme Theatre and Fed Square. Tickets at acme.net.au. Phil, thank you so much for joining us here on the Greenfield Post on Triple M. Yeah, no, listen, I really appreciate you taking an interest. And again, thank you for sitting down and taking uh, 90 minutes out of your life to to, uh, watch the film. It was five years of blood, sweat and tears, literally. It is time for... Now we cross to the Greenfield Post newsroom. Will, do you think it's too far if I say reporter extraordinaire? I'd say best newsbroker in the business. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) The Greenfield Post on Triple M. Rudy from the Greenfield Post newsroom is in the studio. G'day, Rudy. G'day, lads. It's uh, it's lovely to be here on a Sunday evening. Oh, it is, isn't it? Where where would you rather be? I couldn't think of anywhere. (laughs) Get on you, Rudy. What do you got for us? Um, Well, I overheard you guys earlier talking about Virat Kohli's comments on the cricket. And um, in the same vein, Harbhajan Singh. Yeah, so we were saying that he didn't acknowledge how good the Australian attack was and blamed it all on the fact that their batting was bad. Yeah, what did, yeah. What did you think of that, Rudy? Well, I thought it was, uh, well, a bit, a little bit self-serving, I thought, yeah. perhaps. And, you know, a little bit of credit for the bloke that took 12 wickets. Harbhajan Singh, the uh, famously prickly ex-spinner for India, he came out. As well, before the series started, and he said that the best Australia could hope for was a 3-0 loss if they played really well. Mm. Uh, so that comment's already bitten, on him, bitten him on the ass. But he's already he's come out again and just doubled down, which you've got to respect in a way. Yeah. But he said um, he's also gone to great lengths not to give Steve O'Keefe any credit. Mm. He said that uh, <laughs> I'll have to see him bowl on a good test match wicket, not oh! this one. <laughs> If it was so easy, why didn't the Indians take That's right. wickets? Aren't they just aren't they the kings of spin? Aren't exactly. They, aren't they the ones that prepare these pitches that So that we can't play them? Isn't isn't it meant to be biased? Yeah. Yeah, well that's what that's <laughs> We're what asking I thought. You. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. But he said all you've got to do on those pitches is just bowl fast and not give the batsman room to come down the track and and of course you'll take wickets, which oh, yeah, it's, didn't work for this. It's that easy. Yeah. yeah. So I thought uh Harbhajan Singh, at, at least give him credit for uh, you know n- not giving up on his comments. That is, it's actually impressive to be able to double down like that. Yeah, when to, you're very wrong and just <laughs> to, to avoid giving someone who took twelve wickets any, any credit. It's, <laughs> it's impressive. It's a marvel. Yeah, that's incredible work by him. Anything else, Rudy? Yeah, um, footy back at Arden Street today. Did you oh, see this? How, how good. good was that? Yeah, it's great. Uh, mm. Thirty-two years since the last game there. Eighty-five, it was. Is that right? What yeah, a throwback. Mm. Mm. Real so throwback. retro. Yeah, I miss those old grounds. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's it's just great to see footy there. At, even if it's just this time of year, like, mm. even yeah, you know, Princess Park and all that. Be great to just have one of them back in rotation sometimes. Mm. But um, they went for a throwback. They brought out the elephant. To referencing the the time they had an elephant out there in 1978 and it sort of like lost control. The famous yeah. footage where there's a young girl on the back of the elephant that sort of heads towards the crowd. Yeah, yeah. So they gave like a homage to that today. Yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah. There, was, there was an elephant back at Arden Street. Yeah, like a proper real life elephant out there on the ground. I don't think it was a real <laughs> elephant. <laughs> it couldn't have been. You sure? It yeah. really looked like one. I'm, no, I'm convinced. No. Convinced it was an elephant. There I've got a fo- no. I've got a photo. It's a realistic looking elephant. It's two dudes in a suit, Rudy. <laughs> I think it was two dudes in a suit, Rudy. <laughs> it's like inflatable. <laughs> what, you... I mean, you, could, you could let the air out. So of the this news one. update was that there was an elephant in Arden Street. <laughs> yeah, that, that, there wasn't an elephant. <laughs> it's the worst news. <laughs> worst news. Why do we have this guy? <laughs> <laughs> it 
that's not news. A real elephant out there on no, Arden Street during the footy. That's, it wasn't that's a real, news. It wasn't it's a real elephant. It would have been. Well, I'm going to have to wrap this up. This is the Greenfield Post on Triple M. It wasn't an elephant. We don't have Bondi Vet in here. <laughs> and MJ, this is the end of the show now. Mm. And during the week, we had an attempt at seeing what uh, Donald Trump would make as an AFL coach. Yeah, that's right. I think around, what, 60,000, 70,000 views at the minute? Oh, yeah. Just a cheeky little uh, video on the Will and MJ Facebook page if you want to check it out. Mm. Uh, but during the week, I actually hit him up one more time. Did you? Yep. I popped down. Um, it was a quick little flight. Yeah, uh, from to DC. To DC. And mm. I because I, I was really curious over the weekend, there was a massive story on Saturday and I wanted to yeah. hear his take on it if he was the coach of Geelong. But Mr. Trump, what was said in the Geelong team meeting when Joel Selwood lost his license? These meetings, as you know, are confidential, classified, so I'm not allowed to talk about what went on in a meeting. Is it true that Joel was just trying out for Team Red Bull? Uh, it's all fake news. It's phony stuff. It didn't happen. <laughs> Great stuff. Oh, wow, that is very that is very good. You can see the <laughs> <laughs> you can see the video up at the uh, Will and MJ Facebook page. I swear it's better than that. It is. Anyway, uh, it's, it's been a great show. Thanks to Phil Cogan. Phil Cogan, the host of the uh, US Amazing Race, who we had a good chat to. He was an interesting guy, wasn't he? Very interesting guy. And I mm. strongly encourage anyone who's a cycling fan or anyone who's just interested in that amazing story to head down to Acme yep. during the week. Yeah. While it's still showing in uh, Federation Square there, and check it out. Check out La Ride. That's right. Thanks um, so much for joining us. This has been the Greenfield Post on Triple M. Catch you next time.